Praise the Lord, Tree of Life Church. Welcome to our midweek Bible study, Wednesday night. We're so thankful that you are tuning in. And we're gonna look to the word of the Lord and continue our series called The Miracles of Jesus. Uh, Our text and our passage of scripture that we have been looking to uh, for this series is from the Gospel according to Luke, the seventh chapter, where Jesus is speaking to the disciples of John the Baptist who have come to him and have asked him a pertinent question. They have said to him, are you he or should we look for another? And Jesus, who was in the process of performing several miracles that they had just witnessed, explained to them to go tell John the Baptist the things which you have seen and the things you have heard. And he said, go tell John, and this is where we take our our text for this series. He said, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. To the poor, the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. We want to bring this lesson to you tonight, this study, because we believe it's important for us to remember the miracles of Jesus. The miracles of Jesus are not, they're not just fancy stories or good stories, feel-good stories, but these are miracles that he performed while he walked this earth, and those miracles are happening even today. We are receiving miracle reports of people whose lives have been dramatically healed, touched, miraculously delivered from various sicknesses, various sets of circumstances. Many people have gone directly to death's door and God has pulled them out and made them strong and healthy and recovered them and we give God all the praise for that. And we want to exalt Jesus Christ and exalt these miracles. So the question that some people might have even today, not just John's disciples in Luke chapter seven, but maybe today, people have the question is, He the Christ, Jesus, is he the Christ, or should we look for another? And to that question, we provide an unequivocal answer. Jesus is the Messiah, and he performs miracles. Hallelujah. We will always be a people who believe in miracles. We will always be that. Regardless of what we may face, we will believe in miracles. We've seen miracles, we've experienced miracles, and we must continue to declare the miracle-working power of God. We live in a world where many people are skeptical when you bring up a word like miracle. Well, but when they need one, they will call on people who believe in the miracle-working power of God to pray. And in that moment, that's exactly what we do. We pray, we believe, We petition God, we call upon his mighty name, we ask for his mighty power to move on their behalf and God hears and he answers our prayers. So we talk to you tonight about when the poor have the gospel preached to them. We've talked about when the blind see, and we talked about the natural healing of blind conditions. Plus we spoke about the spiritual blindness that the Lord delivers us from. Not only that, but we talked about the lame walking, both naturally and spiritually. Many people are crippled by certain uh, experiences in life that prevent them, hinder them, uh, 
from walking with God. And, and it takes a miracle many times for that to be changed. And God will do it. With his miracle working power, he will do that. He will heal the internal parts of you that are broken, fractured, wounded, injured, that are preventing you from having a healthy relationship with him. He will deliver you and he, the lame will walk. We talked about the fact that lepers are cleansed. We, we, we talked about the natural reality of that, where plagues are healed. Leprosy in those days had no cure. Does that remind you of anything? Things today that don't have a cure? Our God is able. Whether there is a cure or not, our God is able. And we believe that and thank him for that. Not only that, but we talked about the fact that leprosy is like a sin. It, it, it has a lot of qualities that are similar to sin. And God is the miracle-working God, that he is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and deliver us from that sin. We talked about the fact that the deaf hear and that the dead are raised. He will open up your natural ears. He will open up your spiritual hearing. And the dead being raised, he will bring to you his mighty resurrection power and, and raise you up from the dead on that great resurrection morning. And he'll also fill you with the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost. And to the poor, the gospel is preached. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. That the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, when the word of the Lord uh, deals with this, there is no question that the Lord cares for those who find themselves in an impoverished situation, naturally and spiritually. Just as all of these other miracles have, have uh, had a natural and a spiritual connotation, the same is true of the matter pertaining to those who are poor. There is natural poverty and there is spiritual poverty. The Lord is concerned about, about both. And the Lord teaches us to look out for those and to watch for those and to extend ourselves to those who are in an impoverished set of circumstances. In fact, in James chapter 1, the word of the Lord teaches us what pure religion is and undefiled. He made sure that we understood. In James chapter 1, he said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. He was explaining to you that when you want to have a pure walk with God, it must include reaching for those who are in a position of, of poverty, those who are in a position of brokenness, those who are in a position of grief, those who are suffering we must be there as the church. We've done that in this quarantine period, reached out to those who are in need, to those who are suffering in this period. And we've done it before this, but especially during this time, reaching out to those who are in a position of need, making sure that we bring to them the satisfying portion that is Jesus Christ. And we must continue to do that as the church. We must bring to them the Jesus that walked this earth. You know, he still walks this earth, but he does it in the form of his church. And that's you and I. So we have to look out for those who are in need, those who are suffering, those who are broken. You know what it's like to suffer. You know what it's like to be in need. 
And you remember when people reached out to you and blessed you and to, to, to those who have freely received, the scripture says we must freely give. If there's an expectation on us from the Lord that when we've received a blessing, we need to be willing to give a blessing. And so there's a very natural component to this message of the poor having the gospel preached to them. It's speaking of those who are broken, those who are, are tattered, torn, and shattered in their spirit, and, and their lives have, have been so wounded. We ourselves know what that feels like when we are poor and we need some satisfying portion from God. And what a beautiful thing when a good Samaritan, like the good Samaritan of the scriptures, came by with that oil and that wine and gave to that man who had been robbed. He was poor in that moment. You know, just a few minutes before, he was not poor. He had sustenance. He had, he had a lot on him. He had a lot with him. He had a lot of, of, uh, he had a lot of means, but he was robbed. He was beaten. He was broken. He was deprived. And he lay there half dead, the Bible says. And here came this man that the Bible refers to as a Samaritan, that we refer to as the good Samaritan, and he took what he had, his sustenance, and he poured it into his wounds, and he blessed him. And the man recovered because of the love that was shown to him from this good Samaritan. That's a picture of what we must be like. One of the great, uh, one of the great points of that parable that Jesus shared about the good Samaritan was the conclusion of it. When he said, go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. That's a commission to us to go and do likewise what that good Samaritan did for that man. How many people in your world are broken? How many people in your world are shattered and tattered and torn? How many people in your world have gone from a position of, of having means to being completely destitute? And the Lord wants you to show them the kind of love that the Good Samaritan showed that man in the parable. Also in that parable are two religious figures. The Bible calls one man a certain priest, and the Bible calls another man a Levite. One was, a, was an Israelite priest, and one was a certain priest. Both of them passed by the man that was in need, leaving the Good Samaritan to be the only one who was neighbor, Jesus said to this man. Now that is an indictment on us if in fact we put our religious obligations above the actual helping of people who are in need. These people passed right by this man seeing his need but had religious obligations to tend to and left him destitute in that position. We cannot get so caught up in what we have obligation to do that we forget about, even religious obligation, that we forget about who the Lord has sent us into this world to save. The Bible says the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. There are people in your world all around you who are in desperate need, desperate need of you to see them and in desperate need of you to help them. Now, these men, I, I contend, this certain priest and this Levite, I don't believe they felt prepared to help this man. 
You know, and you, when you have the wrong perspective of serving God and you have the wrong perspective of doing ministry, then what happens a lot of times is when you're faced with a real life need, you don't always feel equipped because you've kind of been focused on the wrong things. But this Samaritan, he was well equipped. He had oil and he had wine. And he applied the oil and the wine to the wounds of the man who was half dead and destitute. That oil and that wine represents the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. We are equipped, tree of life, we are equipped to help those who are in need. And you know, these last few months have been unique. They've been challenging. They've, they've really just upended so much of what we we're normally used to, our routine, they, they upended a lot of that. And that, that, that kind of took us back a little bit. You know, all of us, the whole world, just was kind of taken aback. But I wonder if, if, it, if it helps us. I know that it helps us to, to look around and see that there are people who are suffering, people who are in need, and we can't be like the Levite and that certain priest who walked along their way to their religious obligations. God shut down so much of what we were used to doing and allowed us to be like that good Samaritan to look around. Reports are coming in to me from people in the Tree of Life Church who are ministering to people in the most unusual places. We have a steady stream of people being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because the Tree of Life is out and about throughout the city of Cincinnati ministering to people, reaching for people, seeing people who are half dead and destitute and they're praying for them and, and praying them through and baptizing them and teaching them Bible studies. It's ongoing and that's what Jesus told John the Baptist, he said, go tell John that the poor are having the gospel preached to them. That is the commission to the church, that the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, we've talked about natural poverty and there is that element, but it's not just natural poverty, there's spiritual poverty. And in fact, I will let you know that it doesn't matter how much worldly material gain an individual has. If they don't have salvation, they are poor. They do not have wealth. They do not have true riches. True riches cannot be found in this world. True riches are found in the treasure that is in the field. True riches, true riches are found in the pearl of great price. True riches are not silver and gold of this earth, but the true riches are the mercy and the love and the power and the peace of God. Hallelujah. And God supplies all of our needs. Now, he will bless you. He will bless you with, with, with riches, but he'll do it with his blessing. And the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. Hallelujah. There are people in our world that are spiritually impoverished. They are spiritually bankrupt many times. They don't have the peace that passes understanding. They don't have that love that can cast out fear. They don't have that joy that, that comes in the midst of sorrow and that joy of the Lord that gives strength, that weeping endures for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. This spiritually bankrupt world I'm talking about, the people that are bought into its system, they don't have those riches and they don't have those treasures. But the apostle Paul told us, we have this treasure 
in earthen vessels. That's what this is, this body of ours. It's an earthen vessel because it was made from the earth. We are of the earth, earthy, the scripture says. But inside of us is a treasure. And it's a treasure that meets the need of every human being. Every human being that walks this earth and that breathes this air is hungry, whether they know it or not, they are hungry for the Lord. They are hungry for his great salvation. And it is our job, it is our calling, it is our responsibility to preach that gospel to them. That is a miracle, ladies and gentlemen, that the gospel is preached to the poor. Thank you, Jesus. Those who have spent their life maybe gaining material wealth, but their family is broken and their heart is broken. Their marriage is in shambles. They need salvation. They need Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ must be preached to them. Those who are broken in life and have lost everything, we see the people in our world that, that have no home, no place to lay their head. The people in our world who have, who have been shattered by the circumstances of life that they have experienced. Jesus said, I want you to go into the highways and I want you to go into the byways and I want you to compel them to come. Go to the halt and the blind and the lame. Do you know he said that after he had extended an invitation to a wedding supper, a marriage supper. And, and when he had extended this invitation to the supper, he was rejected by all that were originally invited. It was a, it was a type and a shadow of the Jewish nation the Israeli people who had been invited into the covenant of God but rejected the Messiah. And he said, all right, then I want you to go into the highways and the byways and I want you to go into the hedges and compel the blind, the halt, the lame to come and partake of this supper. That's how you and I came into the covenant of God because he reached for us when nobody else wanted anything to do with us. He was found of them that sought him not. The Lord found us in our most devastated and, and state of destitution, and he brought to us such a great salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9. The scripture says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, oh, hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you, there's nobody richer than God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God has all the power of the earth in his hands. All power in heaven and in earth is given unto him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. God is greater than anybody. And the scripture says, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, hallelujah, that you through his poverty might be rich. The Lord of glory, who is wealthy beyond imagination, he owns all things. Though he was rich, yet he became poor, that through his poverty, you and I 
could become rich. Without God, we have nothing. Without God, we call wisdom foolishness and foolishness wisdom. Without God, we call good evil and evil good. Without God, we are lost. We are like the blind leading the blind. Without God, we have no hope in this world. We call up, down, and down, up. We are so backwards, so upside down. But thanks be to God. All glory be to God that he through his poverty gave us an opportunity to become rich. Hallelujah. And that's the gospel that we preach to the poor, to the destitute, to the broken, regardless of what their social status may be. Maybe there's somebody who hasn't, who hasn't had any kind of means ever in their life and they're suffering from the worst kind of poverty. The Lord can lift them up and it is his will that we reach them in Jesus' name. And though it be an individual who has gained all matter of material gain, but still does not know the Lord, he wants them to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter two, hallelujah, the Bible says this, wherefore remember, verse 11, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, glory to God, now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That's who you are now. That's not who you were before but that's who you are now. It's important that the church never forget who we used to be. We must never forget the pit from whence we were dug. We haven't always understood that there's a home far beyond the starry sky. We haven't always understood that there's power in the blood. We haven't always understood that we can be forgiven, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins? How many remember when you used to try to drink your sorrows away? How many remember when you used to try to smoke away the feeling 
that you had? How many remember when you tried to find some kind of solace in an illicit, sinful relationship? How many remember those days when you walked around in drunkenness and reveling and you had no way to know which way to go and here you are today washed in the blood of the Lamb, strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost. Here you are today sanctified in your mind. Hallelujah. We ought to give God praise every day for His goodness and for His mercy and for His loving kindness and we ought to reach to somebody who has been in that position that we remember being in and we've got to preach the gospel to them. You are uniquely qualified, anointed and called to preach the gospel to those who suffer the way you suffered. You are equipped. You have oil and wine to pour into their wounds and to bring healing. One of the great uh, hopes that's occurring right now in the medical field is the idea that antibodies can combat the coronavirus. They're calling on people who have recovered from coronavirus to donate their plasma, to donate their blood, so that they can take those antibodies and put it into somebody who has not yet developed antibodies. There is a powerful truth in that, ladies and gentlemen. There is power in the blood. When there has been a victory won, when there has been a victory won, a conquering of the coronavirus, that antibody has power over that thing. And I want you to know that when Jesus committed no sin, yet he was tempted in all points as we are tempted, he overcame the sin, he overcame the poverty, he overcame the poorness of human flesh and the poverty of the human mind and the brokenness of the human spirit. He overcame those things and he's got the antibodies. His blood has the antibodies. That's why we preach repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues because that blood of Jesus needs to be applied to your life and when that blood hits your life, that antibody power that is in the blood of Jesus delivers you from all unrighteousness and from all sin and from all ungodliness. And he will do the same for the people around you. You've got the oil and the wine necessary to deliver them from their fallen condition. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 16 tells us of this account of a man the Bible calls him a rich man. He was a certain rich man who fared sumptuously every day. Luke chapter 16 tells the story and helps us to understand in verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, hear that? In hell, he fared sumptuously every day and he passed by this beggar who was full of sores. He was severely disabled by the sores in his body and he desired not much. 
He only desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. That reminds me of the Syrophoenician woman who said to the Lord, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. This is where our world is. They'll, 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 they want anything, they want something. That's why many times people fall for false doctrine and for deception and for heresy and hypocrisy. That's why they buy into snake oil salesmen. That's why they buy into people who lie, wolves and sheep's clothing, because they just, they're hungry for anything, for any hope at all, they're hungry for it. Oh, we've got to fill that void, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to fill that void. We've got to reach out to those who are hungry. This man, this rich man, this is both of a natural and a spiritual nature. He fared sumptuously every day. Folks, in America, we are so blessed that we, we live like kings. We live like kings. The food we eat, there are parts of this world that have no idea what it's like to have the kind of food you pick up in a drive-thru on your way quickly someplace. We can't even fathom the kind of poverty that parts of this world experience. And, and, and so here we are, we identify with this rich man. He passed by a beggar every single day and he never took the time to reach out to him and bless him. That's on a natural level and that's on a spiritual level. We pass by spiritual beggars. Oh, they may look like they have it all together, but if you could see in the spirit, you would see them bent over, begging. You would see them broken and hurting and wounded. The Bible said that when the rich man died and that the poor man died, you know, on this earth, their life was over and nobody thought anything was going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on. There was this poor man in Abraham's bosom and there was this rich man in hell. Don't you ever think that when your life on this concludes, this earth, when your life on this earth concludes, that it's over. You're gonna keep on living somewhere and you've got to decide where it is you're gonna live. If you're gonna live in the paradise of God or if you're going to live in hell and be tormented and die, that's second death. In hell, the rich man lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. This really ought to convict all of us. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus, evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Ladies and gentlemen, we have responsibility. We have people in need all around us. The miracles of Jesus were performed when Jesus saw the needs of the people. You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again, that when Jesus was to perform a miracle, the Bible said he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Anytime you are moved with compassion, that means there is a miracle that can take place. 
let the compassion move you move with the compassion let the compassion take you where the compassion is trying to take you minister to those that the compassion is trying to minister to apply the oil the wine let your words be full of grace let your deeds and your actions your gestures be meaningful substantive full of mercy full of love full of purposeful purposeful compassion and you'll see miracles take place follow the compassion and you'll find the miracle that jesus wants to perform through you don't be like this rich man man i'm going to tell you we are rich in so many ways we are rich with god's favor god's mercy god's love we are rich with friends and fellowship we are rich hallelujah even with with material means if you've got a little bit in your pocket if you're not worried about whether you're going to eat tomorrow you are rich there are so many parts of this world that don't know where their water will come from or where their food will come from if you are going to go to bed at night and not worry about whether you will eat tomorrow or drink tomorrow then you are rich and you need to understand ladies and gentlemen that when we have been given much by god we have a responsibility to give to others as we have received we've received such a great salvation we've received such many blessings from the lord let us give not like this rich man who waited till it was too late and in hell he lifted up his eyes and begged for mercy but let us do it now while it is day the scripture says the night cometh when no man can work and we used to not really fully appreciate what that meant until in 2020 the night fell upon us and, and we got a little glimpse a little taste of what it would be like to not be able to do what we wanted to do and go where we wanted to go and, and, and accomplish what we want to accomplish but Jesus said it's daytime work while it is yet day for the night cometh when no man can work hallelujah take what the Lord has given you give it to somebody else and let the gospel of Jesus Christ be preached to the poor. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ be preached to the broken. Be like the Apostle Paul who said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We have a responsibility to take this gospel and let the miracles flow. When the gospel is preached, the miracles will happen in Jesus' name. Could you receive the word of the Lord right now? Just lift up your hands where you are. Say, Lord, I receive your word. I pray in Jesus' name that you will bless God, bless your people, strengthen your people, let your word reach our hearts. Help us, God, to be those evangelists, those ambassadors, those who are sent to declare your word to all who need it, to all who are lost, to all who are searching and seeking. Lord, we pray to you in Jesus' name that you would help us in the name of the Lord to appropriate the power of the gospel that you have placed into our hearts and given it to so many others. Help us, help us to give it to the people, Lord. Help us to give it to the people you came to save. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. I wanna tell you before we conclude tonight, my brother years ago went to start a church in Fort Myers, Florida, and he would knock doors. He had nobody in his church yet, and he would just go knock doors, and he would ask people if they wanted a Bible study. 
He would talk to them a little while about the Lord. And uh, he did this with, with great fervor. A lot of people say that doesn't work because people are so skittish about opening their door, door-to-door people. But he would do it and God blessed him and he found great favor with people and the Lord used him and anointed him to build a mighty church in Fort Myers, Florida. And one door that he knocked on the door, the young man opened the door and he froze. He looked at my brother suspiciously and he said, Sir, I have seen you before. My brother said, you, you have? He said, yes. And my brother said, where have you seen me? He said, I saw you in a dream. I saw you in a dream. And he said, he said in this dream, you, you came to my, to my family. He said, my family was, was sick and they were dying. We were all on one side of a road and we were sick and we were dying. And, and, and across the road emerged an individual. And we didn't know what the individual was doing, but he came closer and closer. And as he got closer, he said, it was you, sir. It was your face. I know your face. I saw you in my dream. He said, you had in your hand balm, healing ointment. And you began to apply that healing ointment to my various members of our family. And one by one, as you applied the ointment to them, they were healed of this sickness that was taking their life. My brother taught him a Bible study. He received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. And one by one, he brought his family to Jesus Christ and they too received salvation. And that healing ointment that was in the dream was applied in real time as his family came to God and served the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people in your world, in your workplace, in your family, in your life who need that healing ointment. In Jesus' name, let's let the gospel be preached to whosoever will. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in tonight. The Lord bless you, and we'll see you Sunday. In Jesus' name, the Lord bless you.